First Corinthians 15, beginning with verse 1. Moreover, brethren, Paul is speaking here, I declare unto you the gospel which I preached unto you, which also you have received, and wherein ye stand, by which also ye are saved. If ye keep in memory what I preached unto you, unless ye have believed in vain. For I delivered unto you, first of all, that which I also received, how that Christ died for our sins, according to the Scriptures, and that he was buried, and that he rose again the third day according to the Scriptures, and that he was seen of Cephas, then of the twelve. After that, he was seen of above 500 brethren at one time, of whom the greater part remain unto this present, but some are fallen asleep. After that, he was seen of James, then of all the apostles. <clears throat> and last of all, he was seen of me also, as of one born out of due time. For I am the least of the apostles, and am not worthy to be called an apostle, because I persecuted the church of God. But by the grace of God I am what I am, and his grace which was bestowed upon me was not in vain, but I labored more abundantly than they all, yet not I, but the grace of God which was with me. Verse 13. But if there be no resurrection of the dead, then is Christ not risen. Look at verse 20. But now is Christ risen from the dead and become the first fruits of them that slept. Verse 57. But thanks be to God, which giveth us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Father, in the name of Jesus, help us to understand what you're saying to us today. And God, we love you, and we want to just answer your call. We want to share the gospel with you as best we know how. In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. <clears throat> There's only one question about life, death, and eternity, and that is... Is Christ risen from the grave? That's an important question. Hey, I word up, he is risen. I believe it. You don't have to convince me. We went to see the movie, God is not dead. We went to see the movie, heaven is for real. You didn't have to convince me, but we went. Because it strengthened my faith, okay? It strengthened me to be encouraged by the Holy Word of God. Someone said, well, I don't know that it's all Scripture. Well, I've been reading Scriptures a long time, and so far I didn't see or hear anything that was out of line according to the gospel of Jesus Christ. Now, when I think about all of this, in John's gospel, the Pharisees asked Jesus a question. What sign are you going to show us? How are we going to know if it's you? Jesus said, 
Destroy this temple and in three days I'll raise it up. You're talking about getting mad. They got mad because they knew all the hard work and labor and money that had gone into building the temple and he's going to destroy it? He was talking about himself. Go ahead. Drive the nails in my hands. Laugh at me. But one day, I'll be back. Praise God. Praise His holy name. Would you give God a hand for the work of these girls? Amen. What a magnificent job. I don't have to tell you that many, many churches are troubled today. There's divisions going on among God's people. People get mad because they can't get their way. So they pull up and they run down the street somewhere down the road and find an old abandoned building <clears throat> and call it whatever and start meeting. The Bible teaches reconciliation. You know what that means? I got to ask you to forgive me. You don't have to, but I better do my part. I better ask for forgiveness. It teaches reconciliation. Well, there's divisions going on. There's carnality, immorality, confusion. Listen, if, if people say, if they're a Christian, I won't have any part to do with it. Listen, let me tell you something. Your life and mine is on display, whether you like it or not. It is on display. It's amazing to me, people, God, the, the devil has located people in locations to keep their eyes on you and me, hoping we're going to stumble, hoping we're going to fall, hoping we're going to share a wrong message. I'm going to tell you what, it's, it's necessary to stick with the Word of God. I've learned in my preaching, if I stick with the Word of God, I don't have to apologize. I've never apologized for preaching. I never will apologize for preaching. I've told you this before. This is dangerous. You listen. You listen real well. I have been preaching, and the devil, I can hear his voice. Don't ask me what it sounds like. But in my preaching, I've hear, heard him say before, why don't you just let a cuss word fly? Why don't you just cuss somebody out? And I'm doing my best to preach the word of God. Listen, the devil is powerful. He didn't want Jesus to come out of that tomb. I guarantee you he smiled when Jesus bowed his head on the cross and gave up the, the ghost. I guarantee he smiled. He laughed. He probably even rejoiced when they rolled the stone over the grave where he couldn't get out. Let me tell you something. There's never been a stone. There's never been a tree. There's never been a mountain that's going to stop my Jesus from coming back to this earth to get his youngins. Never and never will be. I praise God today for the holy word of God that's pure all the way from Genesis to Revelation and anything else that God would speak to your heart about. You see, God's not going to tell us something we don't need to know. He's not going to throw a curve at us. But you better believe the devil will throw any and everything at us to hinder us, to keep us from living for him. 
And we'll say, well, why is this happening to me? I just can't function with this happening to me. Can you imagine Jesus went to the garden begging his father, let this cup pass from me. I can't function. He was about to die and he knew it. Calling on the Lord Jesus Christ is the best thing you can do. Living for the Lord Jesus Christ is the best thing you can do. Well, you know, I've told you before, special Special Sundays is tough. Well, I can, I can give you this for sure right quick. I've never preached this one here. Hello? <laughs> Just give it the title, simple title, The Resurrection. That's why we're here. That's why we are celebrating today is because of the resurrection of Jesus Christ. I believe in the bodily resurrection. Hello? I'm not talking about a spirit. I'm talking about a decent. I'm talking about a Jesus who lived and died and who lives again. You mothers, can you go with me just a moment? Can you imagine what mother felt when she heard the nails, the hammer being driving nails into her son's body? Can you go with me and be, her, be Mary as he hung on that cross and the life's blood flowed from him? Can you go with me as a mother when she heard him say, Father, into your hands I commend my spirit and bowed his head and died. Some of you have lost children. You know exactly what it feels like. I've heard people say, where was God when all this was going on? Right where he was when his son Jesus was dying. That's where he is. And you go with me as a mother when they wrapped his body up in claws and put him in that tomb. Can you go with me as a mother when they rolled the stone over? All hope was gone. And they made their way back to their own houses wondering what am I going to do now? And thank God we don't, we don't worship on Good Friday. We worship on the Lord's day because it's the day we celebrate his resurrection. It's amazing to me what God can do and will do with us if we will just let him. Three simple little things. And it's coming right out of the scripture. Look at verse 13. It says there, but if there be no resurrection. What would you do? What would I do this morning if there was no resurrection? It'd be useless. We'd be wasting our time together here to sing and shout and pray and give and preach if we were serving a dead God. There are many who are doing that just today. They're waiting on their God to come forth. Let me tell you something. This is not good English, but he ain't coming. But Jesus is. I don't know when he's coming. I don't have to worry about when he's coming. All I got to be concerned with is sharing the gospel with every person I can while I can before he comes. Because after he comes, it's going to be too late. And people put it off every day. If there be no resurrection, we'd be without hope. You know, I began to think about what if. But if there be no resurrection. What if? 
What if Adam had not sinned? What if Christopher Columbus had not taken that voyage? What if Alan Shepard had never gotten into that capsule? First man, you know. There was no guarantee he was coming back. There was no guarantee he wouldn't be blown all to pieces. I was in the 10th grade. What if John Kennedy had not been killed? What if? What if I had never been saved? I've come near death many times. What if I hadn't been saved and I'd have died? I'd be in hell right now. Without question. What if on December the 7th, 1941, if Japan had taken over America? What if? What if 911 had never occurred? What if I decide today I'm not going to witness to another person, Lord? I don't care what happens. I'm not going to share the gospel anymore. What if? What if God speaks to me and said, okay, as of today, at 12 noon, I will no more love you. I'm done with you. What if? You say, oh, well, I'm doing the best I can. No, you're not. And neither am I. What is the best I can do? Hey, I can always improve. I can always go further. I can always speak up more. There's always room for improvement. You and I will never reach the top until Jesus comes. But we got to strive. Paul said, I push and I head toward the mark of the prize of the high calling of Jesus Christ. Hey, no other reason but all the way to the top. What if all of this, if, if, if we didn't believe in the resurrection, our faith would be in vain. It would be useless. So, not only what if it were no resurrection, according to verse 13, but verse 20, look at it. But now is Christ risen from the dead. Now he has come forth from the grave. Hey, we sing, I serve a risen Savior. He's in the world today. I know he's living. I don't care what man says. I know he is living. We sing, up from the grave he arose, triumphant over his foes. The devil and his crowd couldn't stop him. And let me tell you something, they'll not stop him when he comes to stop in the clouds. I don't care what kind of atomic power the devil might have. He'll not stop Jesus from coming back. He'll not stop the graves from coming, opening up. And he'll not stop me if I'm living to shooting through the air to be with my Lord. We sing, love lifted me. We sing victory in Jesus. My goodness. Look, look, at, look at verse 20. But now is Christ risen from the dead and become the first fruits of them that slept. Listen. If there is no resurrection, then Christ was not raised. We know, according to the scriptures, and we read it twice in here, we know he died according to the scriptures. We know he was buried according to the scriptures. What if he had not arose from the grave? Listen, our gospel would be in vain. Our preaching would be in vain. There'd be no reason for you going out and inviting people to come to church. 
They can go to the civic organizations and all this stuff and get just as much out of it. What if there were no resurrection? The conclusion is this. Is this. Why be a Christian if we have only suffering in this life and no future hope? Hey, the resurrection, listen, listen, the resurrection is not just important. It is of first importance. You remember after he come out of the grave, he showed himself here and there and this and that and the other. And they, I mean, they got to running every which way saying, hey, he's alive. We've seen him. You're crazy. No, I'm not crazy. I saw him with my own eyes. He's alive. And first thing you know, he began to show himself all over and all around to let the world know, hey, I'm alive. Everything, listen, everything we as Christians do hinges on the resurrection of Jesus. We serve a living Savior. My God's not dead, never has been sick. He is alive. You see, as the Lamb of God, Jesus died on the Passover. The Passover, when all the people were gathering, offering up their sacrifices. And as the sheaf, S-H-E-A-F, as the sheaf of the first fruits, Jesus arose from the dead three days later. On the first day of the week, by the way. And he said, on the first day of the week, bring ye all the tithes into the storehouse. On the first day of the week, you come to the house of God. In Hebrews 10, 25, he said, do not forsake the assembling of yourselves together as the manner of some are as you see the day approaching. In other words, be in your house of God. You see, it was a sign for the entire harvest. That belonged to him. I got to studying about that sheath. In Leviticus, you don't have to turn, but you may want to write this down. Leviticus 23.10. The Lord is speaking to Moses, and this is what he says. He said, I want you to speak to the children of Israel. And this is what I want you to tell them. When, and I underline that word when. You see, it's got to be a when, okay? When did you get saved? When did you get baptized? When did you join the church? When did you begin to witness? When did you let your light shine for Jesus? When, he says, you come into the, the land which I'm going to give you. I love that. I'm going to give it to you. You see, I'm going to get to live in a house up there I've never built. <laughs> I'm going to get to eat food that I didn't even work for. He says, when you come into the land which I'm going to give you, and reap its harvest. Then, not only when, but then you shall bring a sheaf of first fruits of your harvest to the priest. A sheaf was this. When the grain was harvested, it was bound together in a bundle, and it was called a sheaf. So he says, bring the first sheaf. To make a sacrifice with. Bring the first sheaf in here to offer to the Lord. Hey, I don't want you to slack up on your giving. I want you and I to step up to the plate and let's continue to raise money for the glory of God. Listen, I want this gymnasium to be given back to our youth, don't you? Many of you would love to be back over there. We can't go over there. Can you imagine trying to breathe in there this morning? 
I would have to call R.J. to poop, you know. We can't quit giving. Bring that first fruit. What does it mean, preacher? The tithe, by the way. That's what he's talking about. Bring it into the storehouse. Hey, I love it when I look through the bulls and I see big offerings. Look, I'm not the only one giving. I know that. Many of you are giving. The challenge is not coming necessarily today, but there will be one on this giving. We need to keep on. We can't afford to slack up. We got to keep on and keep on for the glory of God. Say, what, where do I need to give it? Give it so we can enlarge that thing or do whatever we're going to do to it. And get back over there so nobody's crowded and cramped out. Well, let me give you thirdly right quick. We're going to be looking at verse 57. He said, but thanks be to God who giveth us the victory. Wow. I'm on the winning side. Hey, I may lose a few battles along the way, guys. I may lose a few battles here. Cancer may rob me. A stroke may rob me. A heart attack may rob me. I don't know what's going to rob me of my health. And I may lose a few battles, but I'm going to win in the end. Hey, it don't matter to me whether I'm sick, dying, dead, or all of a sudden, poop, I'm out of here. I'm a winner either way. Whether I go or whether I stay, I am a winner either way. And when we look at that scripture, but thanks be to God who giveth us the victory. Notice what he says. What? Through our Lord Jesus Christ. There is no other way, guys. No other way. I want you to listen. You may want to write this down. Hey, this don't come every time. It just comes every so often. I took the word through. Let each letter stand for a word. But thanks be to my God who giveth me and you the victory through. Listen, through what? Through trust in him. I got to trust him, y'all. I can't say, well, Lord, I don't know about this. I don't know about this, God. I'm going to tell you something. I appreciate if you'd pay attention. I don't know all about this, God. I, I don't know about surrendering. Lord, you know I'm a man of my word. And you know I've always done what I said I would do. Now, God, if I, if I say I'm going to preach and, and I'll surrender you to do it, I can't back up, but I want to know what's ahead. No word. No word. Just like you told Abraham, son, get your bags packed. And Abraham said, where am I going? He said, I can't tell you right now. Just get your stuff packed. I'll show you a way as you go. That's the way it's been ever since I surrendered to preach in 1976, one day to the next. Hey, no, I didn't want to give up. No, I wanted to stay where I was. I was with family. I was with friends. I could walk to my church house. I, I was five miles away from where I graduated from high school, drove a high school bus and all that stuff. And I had friends. Hey, but I walked away. I walked away. Well, I thought, well, once, you know, graduating Bible school, surely that's it. Nope, that ain't it. You, you got to go a step further. You, you got to get some resumes out there. Well, resume, I, now, resume, I'd worked, there's no tell, I bet I'd worked 25 jobs from high school to 30 years old. Resume, I never have filled out a resume. I couldn't even spell resume. I'd spell it the way I'd spell it. Resume. Anyway. He said, just get some out there. So it did. First thing you know, here's a, congregate, a, a, a few people out of a congregation who came to hear 
Oh, no, what do they want? We ain't got no preacher. We got a good parsonage, though. We'd love to have you. First thing went to another, and boom. And here we are some 35 years later. I'm going through, y'all. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I ain't going to fear nothing. Because God said, I won't leave you. I won't forsake you. I'll give you the words. You just open your mouth and let your tongue flop. I'll decide what comes out. I'm going through, okay? Thanks be to God who giveth us the victory through trusting him. Not only through trusting him, but listen. Through hearing the word. I got to understand the word. I got to do my best to understand the word of God to try to give it to you where you can understand it. And by the way, some of you are a whole lot theologically more theologically educated than I probably ever will be. And that's all right. You have the right to speak up. You have the right to speak out by hearing the word of God. Also, when we're going through, listen, I'm going through because I have repented of my sin. I've visited many prisons and jails, and, and I forget exactly where this one particular play, jail was, but as I drove up, I was directed where to park. I got out. I got to the first gate. They asked for my driver's license. I had done emptied my pockets, asked for my driver's license. They said, well, give these back when you come back. I got through that gate, and it's a horrible sound to hear it locked behind you, and you don't have no ID. I get to the next gate, and they say, who are you here to see? And I told them who I was there to see. They say, you'll have to sit over here. We'll have to wait and go get this person. Well, I sit, and I wait, and I sit, and I wait. And finally, they go get this person. And they say, now you come with me. And they take us into a small room, and they close the door. And there we are. Well, in a little bit, hey, you got to get on what you come there to do, because a little bit, they're knocking there, so your time's up. And you get up and you walk back through that same category of stuff to get your stuff, to get in your car. And I'm thinking, my soul, who in the world would ever want to go to live in such a place? Well, repent of your sin. Ask God to forgive you, live for him every day, and do right is what he's saying. But thanks be to God who giveth us the victory through obedience. Listen, I've got to be obedient to his word. I don't have to like it, y'all, but I've got to be obedient to it. If he says go, I need to go. If he says stay, I need to stay. If he says speak, I need to speak. If he says listen, I need to listen. Obedience. Thanks be to God through our Lord Jesus Christ. You know what? My sins are under the blood. Under the blood of Jesus, they're paid for. You see, sins have to be paid for. I don't care who you are this morning. I don't care who I claim to be this morning. If there is sin in your life, you need to confess it. You need to repent of it right here and don't ever go back to it. Now, the devil will lead you back there. He'll want to cause you to go back there. But you've got to be man enough, woman enough, boy or girl enough to say, No, I'm not going back there. Listen, it leads to hell. Do you understand? Hell's a real place, by the way. It was created for the devil and all that's following him. You say, you don't know my situation. I don't have to. But God does. He knows what kind of situation you're in right now. But I'm going to tell you something. If you confess them sins, he'll put them under the blood. He won't even remember them anymore. 
But thanks be to God who gives us the victory through, you know what? I'm granted a place in heaven. Jesus said, I've gone to prepare you a place. And if I go, I'll come again and get you. And he's going to. Going through. Letter H is for home and glory. Lynn and I, we have lived in one, two, three, four, five houses. Excuse me. We started out in a little camper trailer. We're in our fifth spot now. I hope, I hope, I hope I don't ever have to live anywhere else in this world, but I'm ready to go to the next and to live in it because he's promised me a home in glory. You know, the uh, music has been wonderful. God's Girls has done a magnificent job. Mark and the choir, I, I, I'm not a singer. Of course, y'all stand by me. You know that. I stand by little children and sing, and they'll just cut their mouths up. <laughs> How long is this storm going to last, Lord? <laughs> but I enjoyed standing up with the choir this morning, just singing along with them. Listen to these words. Living, he loved me. Dying, he saved me. Buried, he carried my sins away. Rising, rising, he justified. Freely forever. And one day he's coming. Oh, what a day that'll be. When my Jesus I shall see. When I get to look into his face, the one who saved me by his grace, and then he's going to take me by the hand and lead me down the street of gold in the promised land to where my dwelling place is. I can't imagine what it's going to look like. I guarantee you this. I don't have to pick out the colors. I don't have to pick out the furniture. I don't have to pick out the hardwood, the cover. I don't have to do anything but move in. I don't have to buy groceries anymore. There's a tree there that's going to produce all manner of fruit. And I'm going to get to eat some of it. Wow. The resurrection means everything. God, Listen, y'all. The resurrection... We hinge, everything we do as a Christian hinges on the resurrection of Jesus. As I said in the beginning, I am glad I'm saved. I am glad Jesus is alive. And our word up, he is risen. Say it with me. He is risen. And I believe it. And I'll believe it till he comes. And then I'll know for sure, hey, that's him. He'll not be mistaken. Listen, he's not going to send a substitute. He's coming himself. Bible says this same Jesus whom you've seen leave is going to come in like manner. Will you be ready to meet him? You don't have to dread it unless you're lost. I beg you today. Some of you are in here, you've never been saved. Some of you in here that I know have never been saved, we call your name. 
Today is the day. The Bible says today is the day of salvation. Not tomorrow, but today. What? Listen, what if you walk out that door, get in your car, whether you're driving or riding, and you pull out and somebody out there hits you, rolls the car, you're lost, and you die in that crash. You're going to meet God. You've done heard the gospel this morning. You're going to meet God unprepared. What does God do with unprepared people? I can tell you exactly. According to the Bible, your soul will be immediately in hell. There will be no drop-offs, no layovers, and no exits. If you're lost, I beg you today. If not, if not today, when? Some of you are backslidden on God. You're not living for God. Come. First John says, if I confess my sin, he's faithful to forgive me our sins and cleanse me from all unrighteousness. You need to come. Some of you have been visiting here a long time. Never have joined. What is your problem? You know, I heard somebody asked me this. I said, when are you going to join? They said, how long are you going to stay there? Well, I'll have to look in the almanac. I'll tell you in just a moment, the farmer's almanac says that he don't know either. I don't know. It doesn't matter. You need to be planted, grounded, rooted somewhere or another for the glory of God. Now, some of you, listen, I, I've talked to you, and I know why you're waiting. I know why some of you are waiting, and, and I, you and I have agreed it's okay to wait. Church family, how about yourself? Are you living? Listen, church family, that's you and me. Are we living the kind of life? That others see Jesus in us and they want what we got. Well, I'm going to quit. I know we're not coming back tonight. I thought I'd go on an hour and a half, but my water's about gone, so I'm just joking. I love you. I just want what's right, guys. I want our church to grow. I mean, hey, I want you to do something. Everybody except the back row, turn around and look. Just crane your head around and look. Look at, look at, look. Look at this massive crowd. We can do better. We can get more. We got more room. I just want us to show out for God. So the world looks at us and said, hey, I want what they got. Not, hey, if that's a Christian, I don't need it. Father, in the name of Jesus, I'm quitting. It's up to you, Lord, to speak to our hearts. Lord, I, I could say more, but I, I don't want to say too much. Lord, I pray for the lost in this room right now. God, convict them that of their lostness. How dangerous it is to be lost without Jesus. Help them to know that they're part of the Antichrist. The person's not saved, they're on the devil's side, so they're anti-Christian. Lord, for any backslidden, bring them to this altar. Send people to pray with them. And if there's anyone in here that needs to join today, you know, you know what they need to do, God. And I pray that you'd lead them today. Bless our guest, Father, in Jesus' name. Amen. You know what you need to do for God? And the best thing to do is do it and do it quick. Jesus told Judas, whatever you got to do, son, do it and do it quick. What number are we singing, brother? 
best and best for a world of lost sinners was slain. So I'll cherish the old rugged cross till my trophies at last I lay down. I will cling to the old rugged cross and exchange it someday for a crown. Oh, that old rugged cross so despised His glory above to bear into dark Calvary. So I'll cherish the old rugged cross till my trophies at last I lay a wonderful beauty I see, for t'was on that old cross Jesus suffered and died to pardon and sanctify me, so I'll trophies at last I lay down I will cling to the old rugged cross and exchange it someday for a crown to the old shame and reproach gladly bear. Then he'll call me someday to my home far away where his glory forever I'll share. So I'll share
someday for a crown. On a hill far away stood an old rugged cross, the emblem of suffering and shame. And I Stop.